Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. My name is Letitia Bates. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women. And I love working with women who are like me and have PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovary syndrome. This led me to my passion of advocating and empowering women just like you to give up all the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can get the real facts and start living out your most fierce and best freaking life. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Live Free Radio. Today I have a special guest. It's my dear friend, Jenny Gutke. If you don't know Jenny, she is a fierce PCOS advocate. She's also the co-host of the Every PCOS Body podcast. And if you haven't checked out the Every PCOS Body app, I encourage you to do so. She created it. She's also the co-producer of the upcoming movie, uh, PCOS, Finding Power and Disorder. So Jenny's a busy woman. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your time with us and your story. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited that you're here as well. You have a story that is just, it really shows what true resilience and perseverance is. And there's just, I just can't wait for you to share it with the listeners. And um, I guess let's just dive in. Like my first question for you is just, you know, um, you do have PCOS. So when were you diagnosed with PCOS? So yeah, my PCOS story is a little different than most. Um, so most people, you know, take an average of three to five doctors in three to five years or something similar to that uh, to get diagnosed. I was actually diagnosed at 17. I'm now 41. Um, and I was diagnosed in the ER. Oh, wow. By an ER doctor. Um, I uh, ended up having a really severe UTI and I was taken from work. I passed out at work. I worked at a Denny's restaurant as a waitress um, and they took me by ambulance to the, um, to the ER. And one of the ER doctors was like, what's wrong with you? It's only a UTI. It was a male doctor and he just totally didn't get it. And I've never, and that was my first time ever having a UTI. Um, And obviously I passed out at work. It was pretty severe, apparently. And at that time, I had actually been bleeding for about uh, four or five months straight oh, um, at the okay. same time Yeah. because of apparently PCOS. And so there was another uh, doctor there who had asked me, have you ever heard of uh, PCOSD? Because at the time, they called it disease, not uh, syndrome. Syndrome, yeah. Um, and I was like, no, what's that? And she was like, well, it's you know, PCOS or PCO, uh, polycystic ovarian disease is what they called it. Um, and I'm pretty sure you have it, um, based on some things I had, um, you know, a little bit of facial hair at the time. I have a lot now. Um, <laughs> yay, getting older. Um, <laughs> but from the excessive bleeding, because I let them know that I had been bleeding for about four or five months at the time, every single day. And, um, and then the fainting at work and, uh, she was like, I'm pretty sure you have it and uh, mm-hmm. you need to go see a gynecologist. Um, well, at the time I was 17, I was living on my own um, and I did not have any health insurance. I worked as a, as a waitress at Denny's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is 1996 or 97. 
Um, so like jack shit was known about it. No one ever told me how serious it was. Yeah. Since then, I had been diagnosed multiple times by multiple different doctors, reaffirmed the uh, diagnosis. Um, but yeah, that's how I was diagnosed by an ER doctor. Oh, wow when I was wow. 17. Yeah, most That's people scary. aren't that lucky. I Well, I mean, I wasn't looking for a diagnosis at 17. You know, most most people, when they're looking for a diagnosis, it's because they're, you know, having infertility problems, or they're right. having the excessive bleeding, and they're looking for an answer. And I was just, I was like, you know, 17 trying to survive and not, you, you know, yeah. like you're <laughs> survive on my own. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I don't, so. I don't think that would have been on my mind at 17. Either. Right. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Not at all. No. Um, wow. Like that, that's a, a, a story of, I've never heard anybody else have that similar story. So you're right. No. <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I know you do. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're going to be here to, to share them with us today. Um, so I'm sure that kind of goes into why you're such an advocate. Cause I mean, like that sounds like it was really confusing, you know, at that time. Well, yeah. From, from the ages of 17 to about 35, Mm -hmm. um, even going through, um, every single infertility treatment you can, that there is out there up to mm -hmm. leading, you know, leading to IVF, um, every and multiple different doctors throughout that time, um, for all the different types of infertility treatment that are out there. Um, I was never told anything about PCOS wow. ever. Um, wow. yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, no doctor ever explained anything. They just, they confirmed that I had it. Right. Um, but no one ever explained anything about it. And I'd never been under the impression that there was, all right, I have this. And the only set, they told me three, they told me three things, the big three, they said, you're going to be fat, you're going to be hairy, and you're going to have a hard time having kids. Like that was all that was ever Happy told life. to me. <laughs> right. And, and Wow. They never told me anything about any type of diet that would help with the obesity or that it would even lead to diabetes or anything like that. that. Yeah, there was okay. never, never told anything about diabetes or heart health or um, cancer or anything. Never told, they were just like, eh, you're going to be fat, you're going to be hairy, and you're going to have a hard time having kids. And throughout all of that, I never learned anything. Um, it wasn't until I was about 35 and a friend of mine had a doctor that suspected she had PCOS. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Hey, and I was never afraid to tell people that I had it because right. we had been going through infertility treatments for so long. I was like, I have this thing called PCOS and this is, this is why I can't have kids. This is the issue. Yeah. Um, right. And I never even thought for a second to Google it. I was just like, I had had it for so long and there was never any information about it that mm -hmm. I was just like, this is, this is, is what I have. Right. It is yeah. what it is. Um, and so my friend was like, you know, the doctor suspects that I have this, you have it, right? And I was like, well, yeah, but I really don't know anything about it, mm -hmm. which is unusual for me to not know something like that. But I always just accepted it at face value. And um, I was like, you know what, let's learn about it together. Um, and it was around the same time that I was diagnosed with uh, type 2 diabetes. And I started learning more. I cause I was already in that mode of learning about my health with type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. And then she comes up with this, Hey, I think I might have this uh, PCOS. Um, turns out she doesn't, but she, she can't get diagnosed. She thinks she does. 
there's a possibility that there's she does but yeah. yeah but you know not not reaching all not the criteria the yeah. yeah the her blood work isn't really showing it so mm, yeah who knows yeah. what's going on with her unfortunately but we decided to research it together and as i started researching it my mind was like blown wow. yeah blown all these symptoms and side effects that I have because I have really severe PCOS and I had no idea that so much of the things that I felt hypochondriac about, like, mm -hmm. you know, I felt like I was being a hypochondriac about the things that were going on with my body, the migraines, the daily headaches, the, the depression, how severe I would get the acne, the everything that was happening with my body that I had no idea was all connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No yeah. idea. Like and then making sense finally. Yes. It yeah. was, oh my God, my mind was blown. Um, so that's when I started to learn about um, PCOS and, and I didn't become an advocate until um, as I started to learn about PCOS and that's when I learned met Shelby and you know started following PCOS um, support groups and really learning about what PCOS is and mm -hmm. uh, gaining my knowledge it wasn't until then that I actually found out that I had cancer and the cancer was due to PCOS so wow wow that yeah yeah and, that, and a lot of our um, fellow people with PCOS or the PCOS community, you know, we do our best to educate, like there are risks involved with this diagnosis. So if your doctor is not telling you, I hope you get this information. Um, if you're listening here, we're sharing it with you. There are uh, risks for, you know, further complications and diseases such as diabetes, uh, heart disease, and cancer, as Jenny just shared with us. Um, and you have firsthand experience with these risks. Um, yeah, and I just yeah. I just want to preface to say that just because you have PCOS doesn't mean that you're going to get cancer. Right. It doesn't right. mean that you're going to uh, be infertile. You're a great example of that. You have two kids. Right. Um, just because you have PCOS doesn't mean that all the symptoms that are out there that are related to PCOS doesn't mean that you're going to get them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't at all. Um, the better equipped you are to be aware of your body and be in a maintenance mode with your body to prevent these things from happening, the less likely the chances are. Mm -hmm. By the time I was diagnosed with cancer, I wasn't aware of what I was doing to my body to prevent the cancer from happening. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to prevent it from happening. It's very easy. It's, I just wasn't aware. Right, right. Um, you know? I've always, like, the only thing we don't have control over is genetics. And exactly. That, that quote of, like, you know, genetic loads the gun, but our lifestyle and what we do is what pulls the trigger, you know, like, oh, I love that. There's so yeah. many um, things that we can do to control, manage, um, and, you know, improve our symptoms. And I think a lot of times, uh, because I mean, our listeners, even if you don't have PCOS, just from the little bit we've shared already, it's, it's not, you know, lollipops and rainbows. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> and uh, it's really easy to kind of get into your pity party and, you know, uh, feel bad about it. But 
the truth is that everything like you have control you can reverse these things and um that's where you know i mean it when i say like you're a real model of what resilience and perseverance is because you've done that um oh, so <laughs> like let's let's talk about let's talk about the cancer story that you have because okay. a lot of our listeners and um people in this community just we just don't hear about cancer and pcos so yeah. can you share with us that so yeah, that's another fun story. <laughs> I told you all my stories are are not typical. Yeah. So Which is keeping us engaged, so we're excited. Right. <laughs> this is so, good. So, <laughs> although I was showing a lot of the signs for cancer that I know now, mm -hmm. um, I wasn't aware of at the time. Um, and so, I had had um, I went through IVF in two thousand eight. Um, and it failed. I went through a couple different rounds and they failed. Um, after the last one failed, I went through a pretty severe depression. And I was like, I'm so sick of having people at my vagina. Okay. The word vagina, you may be in the wrong place here. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just well, let you guys know. <laughs> if, if you guys listen to my podcast, I swear, yeah, we swear yeah. on, on mine. Yeah, I'm so, probably um, going to drop F-bombs and we're going to talk about vagina. <laughs> So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right good <laughs> I'm yeah. in good company <laughs> yes. um, so so yeah I was just so sick of uh you know people looking at my hoo-ha mm -hmm. I was just in, in on top of the depression that I know now is bipolar um I went into a bipolar depression and I was just like I'm done done okay. um right and then I finally got a new doctor um and then now uh fast forward to 2013 um my doctor was looking at my chart and she was like, when was your last pap smear? And I was like, uh, uh. 2007 or eight, I don't know, yeah. right before I started AVF, um, the last time. And she was like, Jennifer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally scolded by the doctor. So I didn't have an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. So she was like, look, a lot of my patients go see this doctor. I don't know her, but I have a lot of patients that go see her. So just go. Yeah. You have to. And so, cause I got guilted into it. I was like, fine. Yeah. I'll go but see her. Evil that we as women have to go through. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I, so I went to go see this doctor. Never don't know anything about her. Like I said, my doc, my general was just like, I have other patients that see her, go see her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my first appointment, um, you know, went over my history, did my pap smear, and um, she was amazing, love her. I awesome. would fall on a sword for this doctor, let me tell you. So she calls me with the results and she's like, your pap smear came out perfect. No HPV, no nothing. Everything mm -hmm. is absolutely what everyone, yeah. right, everyone wants a pap smear to come out like this. <laughs> And I'm like, good. And she's like, but I was like, wait, what? Oh no. Yeah. She, she's like, I have no reason to ask this other than I'm curious. You have PCOS and I want to do an ultrasound. She's like, you can say no, because there's honestly, there's no reason for no, it other than yeah. my, yeah. She's like, I have, I have no reason for it. I just, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Go well. ahead. <laughs> What's one more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I've had so many. What's it going to um, hurt? Exactly. That's exactly. I was like, eh, go ahead. You know, mm -hmm. if you're curious, what the hell? 
so she did the ultrasound and then she called me with the results and she was like, they're not good. Oh no. And I'm like, what do you mean they're not good? She's like, well, I want to do a DNC and hysteroscopy. And I'm like, that sounds really scary. What is that? Mm -hmm. Um, and so for those of you that don't know, that's where they literally scrape the entire lining of your uterus. Um, and the hysteroscopy is where they put a scope up there and, and look at everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and it came back cancer. Wow. So that, that was uterine cancer. Um, well, so there's uterine cancer and there's endometrial cancer and they're often, um, used, uh, interchangeably, interchangeably, but the truth is that they're two different things. So, Mm -hmm. um, endometrial is generally when it's just the cells of the endometrial cells. Um, uterine is generally when it is actually gone into the muscle, right? So it's in the actual uterine muscle. Um, so they're often used interchangeably. Um, you know, there's times where I'll use them interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Um, but Clinically, I had endometrial cancer, so it was just the cells. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I also had polyps. Um, So, so yeah, so she knew that I wanted to try and have kids again. Um, So we wanted to try and save my uterus. Um, Mm -hmm. So we, I I could have gone to an oncologist, a gynecological oncologist, or I could Mm -hmm. stay with her and try and save my uterus. So I stayed with her and try and save my uterus and we did um, hormonal therapy. So I still have my uterus. Um, my, mm-hmm. As soon as uh, we got the all clear and I got my NED, which is no evidence of disease, um, we went and tried IVF again and that failed. Um, and then uh, shortly after that, um, probably about six months after that failure, um, the cancer came back. Oh no. So, um, I'm NED now, but in between then, um, so I have to have, uh, biopsies done twice a year. So I have a blind biopsy done stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I have a blind biopsy done in the springtime and then in the fall time I have a DNC done every year. Okay. And you'll probably, will this be a regimen that you're going to have to continue? Um, more than likely, uh, they may cut down on the DNCs. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, uh, I'll probably find that out uh, within the next, uh, probably in, uh, I'm supposed to go next month, but I haven't scheduled it yet mm-hmm. um, because everything going on with DC. And right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, it'll <laughs> wait. <a> lady. <laughs> <laughs> it can wait. It really shouldn't wait. I'm, I really should not wait on it. But well, you're not. You're not going to wait too long. It's just no, no, I won't. Yeah. I won't. But you'll you'll go in for. I'll vaccine. probably go in April. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably go in April, and it'll be a a blind biopsy because it's the springtime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, wow, like that's a that's a story. I told you I got stories. <laughs> I know, I know, and um, and so if you don't mind sharing, like, they're the connection between having PCOS and having this. Yes. Yes. Um, now did so your my doctor, is it, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, go ahead. Well, for a lot of women that have PCOS, um, you know, it shows where we don't ovulate, you don't have regular cycles and which means that your uterine lining can thicken because you're not right. shedding it. And over time that could lead to cancer. Now, was right. that the case with you? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, what um what tends to happen with uh people with PCOS is um it can lead to 
hyperplasia, uterine hyperplasia, um, or endometrial hyperplasia, and that can then lead to cancer. So it doesn't start off with cancer. It can build up to that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you need to be on top of having regular cycles, whether exactly. they're induced or not, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You need to have that lining shed as the lining builds. Um, it is a breeding ground for uh, cancer cells to form and then, you know, uh, breed, mm -hmm. so yeah. to speak. So, um, but what it would start off with is um, endometrial hyperplasia. And there's four types of endometrial hyperplasia. There's um, hyperplasia without atypia, and that is the, the lowest form. Um, and that's uh, the very first stages of it. And then there's um, hyperplasia with atypia, and that's the second stage. Um, the third one is complex hyperplasia without atypia. And then there's complex hyperplasia with atypia. And then the next is uh, staged cancer. Mm, wow. So by the time most PCOS patients uh, present, they're in complex hyperplasia with or without atypia generally, mm -hmm. or they're in um, staged, staged cancer. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, I mean, what would you suggest? I know we already said, like, you need to make sure that you're having a cycle, whether it's induced or on your own, um, staying on top of it, going so, to your gynecological visit. So yeah, can you share with us? Like, yeah, some of the, yeah, some of the signs of having um, hyperplasia or endometrial cancer is having irregular missed periods, um, having a vaginal discharge. Um, and especially if it's, uh, you know, there's any, uh, irregular color or smell to it, um, mm -hmm. you know, definitely want to get that checked out. Um, having prolonged periods. Um, so I know a lot of people are under the misconception that either having missed periods or having prolonged periods with PCOS is normal mm -hmm. for PCOS. Um, and every time I see that, it makes me cringe because it's not, it's not normal for anyone, whether you have PCOS or endometriosis or both, because uh, endometriosis with PCOS is nor is common. common. Um, mm -hmm. You shouldn't have um, either missed periods or you shouldn't have excessive and elongated periods or periods with uh, large clotting, um, anything mm -hmm. like that. Those are signs right. of, um, of that something is wrong. Um, and you need to go to your doctor. And um, so endometrial cancer is not something typical of someone in younger ages. This type of cancer is more seen in people in their 70s and 80s. Oh, wow. Yes. And so you were a really young patient. Yes. I yeah. was her youngest patient that she'd ever seen. Wow. With and what, remind me, what age were you at the time that you were diagnosed? I was uh, 34. What am I now? 42. I was 37. Wow. 36 wow. or 37. Um, so, but there are women in their teens that get diagnosed yeah. with it. I yeah. mean, it, so it's, it's not something It's not, you don't wait, don't wait to see be the, like, yeah, it the can't problem is, to me. Right. The problem is, is like I said, it starts off in the stages of hyperplasia. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but doctors don't take young women seriously because they're like, this isn't something someone your age can have. Right. Exactly. It's kind. It's kind of like a thin, uh, lean woman with PCOS, with PCOS or a lean person with PCOS, mm-hmm. um, just gets dismissed. And a lot of uh, people with endometrial cancers or hyperplasias get dismissed because of the same thing. You're mm-hmm. too young to have this. So um, if you have those concerns because you're having the signs uh, of cancer, the missed periods, the excessive periods excessive clotting or unusual discharge, um, see your doctor and say, I am at risk because I have PCOS. Mm -hmm. I would like a a biopsy done. Um, And although the biopsies suck, they can save your life. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. They're, they're, they're not fun, but I mean, information you're going to want to (laughs) know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I don't want to be a fear monger. Mm-hmm. And just because you have PCOS doesn't mean you're going to get cancer, but it does put you at added risk. Yeah, so you when you're showing know. those, right. When you're mm-hmm. showing those symptoms, you want to be taken seriously by your doctor and you want to be your own best advocate and say, Hey, I'm having these symptoms. I need this testing done to put my mind at ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because I know there's women need that information. Um, there may yeah. be someone listening to it now that could help save her life. And thank you. Yeah, thank you absolutely. I'm, I'm so lucky that I was completely oblivious to it. And I was so lucky to have a doctor that was just curious Yeah, and oh found goodness. it yeah. for me because, and I don't want other people to be oblivious and, have to have a hysterectomy or have to go through chemo and radiation because Mm -hmm. I see these, you know, women in the support groups that I have for my cancer. And, um, it's devastating when there's a chance that you, if you have the knowledge, you may be able to prevent it. And that's exactly what got me into advocacy is that it wasn't, you know, learning about PCOS and having my mind blown. It was getting cancer and being like, holy shit, people really need to know this aspect of it yeah. because this aspect isn't talked enough about. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. So much. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for talking about that. Uh, you have other stories and one <laughs> of them, uh, she's just amazing. You guys, uh, one of them is, you know, uh, we do hear a lot about women with PCOS being at higher risk to have type two diabetes. And that became a reality for you as well right? Yes, it did. So um, in that in between time where I knew nothing about PCOS, um, I did develop type two diabetes, unbeknownst to me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but known to my doctor at the time. I have, (laughs) I I got stories. I got stories. So at the time I had a a terrible doctor who, um, would check me for diabetes, but never tell me why. I just figured mm-hmm. it was because of my weight. Because um, at one point, um, I don't know if you know this, I was uh, 400 pounds. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I've lost quite a lot of bit of weight. Yeah, um, for sure. But um, for my health, not for looks, because mm-hmm. I clearly don't care about looks. But <laughs> with your gorgeous pink hair, you can't. But you look amazing. You are not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna lose me in DC. 
that was <laughs> the point of this. <laughs> um, but oh, back. See, I sidetracked. Back to that's my okay, uh, diabetes okay. story. <laughs> yeah. So, like, your doctor would check you, and never so she would check her. me, and she never told me the results or what. You know, I just yeah. figured it was because of my weight. Um, and then one day I went to go see her, and um, because I needed a refill on some migraine prescription, and um. So I went to go see her and we're, she's going through my files. Apparently at the time she was moving her files from paper files to electronic files. Mm -hmm. And so we're going through my chart and just super nonchalantly, she was like, oh yeah, and you have diabetes and then you have this and you know, your cholesterol is this. And I was wait, like, wait, what? Wait, <laughs> what? We have what? And she was like, and she flipped the pages two pages. I mean, she went like two pages and I was like trying to get her to stop. <laughs> Like, what, are you, what? I hope she's Don't, a better doctor now than she was for you. Like that is just mind blowing. She's no, well, she's uh, no longer in the hospital. Okay. Um, group that I am with. She was uh, let go very shortly after that. Well, I hope, I hope I was the cause of that, honestly. And uh, I yeah. don't. I don't wish bad on people normally, but if of she, of course, was, but mm, come on. Well, Come because on. the whole story got worse after that. There's oh. more. <laughs> she, well, so yeah, so she flipped back and she was like, oh yeah, we called you on such and such date. And I was like, no, yeah. you didn't. And she was like, and we sent out a letter. I went so far as to get my phone records to see if she actually called. Mm -hmm. um, and she didn't. Wow. And um, there was no letter ever sent because I would have been on top of it like that. And as soon as I found out that of I course. had diabetes, I was. And it went so far as she prescribed, she ended up prescribing metformin, but she, for someone with a 12 A1C, she prescribed uh, 500 milligrams of metformin, which if our listeners don't know, that's the lowest dose. Yeah, that's, that's a starting dose. Um, right. With someone with severe diabetes, I might have needed to be on insulin. Who knows, mm -hmm. you know, with someone with sure. an A1C that high. Um, and, uh. I tried to get a glucose monitor because mm -hmm. I was like, I know I need that. Um, and so my insurance pays for it. And I went through the process uh, and I, that I needed to, and they call the doctor to get the official prescription for it so they can send me the voucher to go get it at the pharmacy. And um, she yelled at the person. No. Yeah, she did. What is her deal? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Oh, when she did tell me, when she did tell me the, the other thing, when she did tell me that I had diabetes, she looked me dead in the eye and she said, I just didn't think you were going to do anything about it. Like my blood, just <laughs> my blood bowls. Why? So, so, after, so right. The insurance company lady called me back and she was like, you know, I never, we're not allowed to do this. And I would never normally do this, but you need to find a new doctor. Mm. And I was just trying to stay with her till I could get the diabetes could, stuff yeah. situated. I needed to be um, referred to a diabetes class and learn how to use the yeah. monitor and, yeah, do, you like know, do a well. lifestyle change. And, right. And so I was trying to just, them. yeah. I was, so I was just trying to get all that done and then go to a new doctor. I was just sure. like, I want to get all this scheduled because I'm on an HMO. So I need the referrals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she wasn't, she refused to do the referral to the diabetes class. 
<laughs> I was terrible. So I finally, I was like immediately just switched doctors. We could do a whole episode on how shitty this doctor is. I think. <laughs> like, come on. But the good news is she's no longer at that hospital. So nobody else has she's to She's no do longer it. at that hospital. Oh my and, gosh. and so just out of the blue, I just looked online at doctors near me. Mm-hmm. And I literally just picked, I looked at someone who was closer to my age um, and was um, so someone who graduated more recently. So I that had maybe newer education. Right. Right. So I was like, okay, well, she graduated more recently. I'm assuming she's probably closer to my age. I'm just going to pick her and deal with it. This is my primary care doctor that I have listed in the, um, in my app. Yeah. I just randomly picked the best doctor on the face of the planet. Like that's fate. And I guys, know. <laughs> like, I have to, do you mind if I tell them real quick about, about no, the go directory ahead. on the app? So um, every PCOS body app, Jenny uh, created this app and she has so much helpful information. I believe there's a quiz on there and there's symptoms and there's like so many helpful tips and resources but one of the resources is the healthcare directory so if you have a healthcare provider that is amazing regardless if they're pcos expert or not like you want to know so you can add it to that list because finding a good doctor is fucking hard you know uh, (laughs) the majority of us go through these and i hate to say but we go through these bad doctor experiences and some some of the listeners may still be having bad doctor experiences and they don't know where to go. So you're in the process of building that directory to help people yes. find a healthcare provider that is bomb.com and in their area, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you, if you download the app and you go to a doctor directory on there, you can search by um, city and state. Um, so it might be easier just to search by state right now because there aren't as many as I'd like. So if you yeah, have any help for that, right? Yes. Like if you have a doctor, email me at every PCOS body at Gmail. Um, or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at every PCOS body. Um, but yes, we want to build that. Um, so there we're it's slowly building. Mm-hmm. Um, but any doctor, whether it's PCOS related, fertility related, um, anything yeah yeah Yeah, we don't have any dermatologists on there so if you have a dermatologist let me know we'd love to add them just a few seconds you guys like that yeah seriously Mm -hmm. um what i need to know is the doctor's name the city um that they're in city and state and then what uh hospital affiliation that they're with um Mm -hmm. so i need to know those three things and i can get them added Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. So once you, I'm assuming you did leave this doctor immediately. You, yeah. yeah. You just told yeah, I found, you found yeah, that I found amazing one man. Oh, she's amazing. Um, so then after that, um, like tell, tell us more, like how did you manage your diabetes? What happened after that? So the, the biggest thing was um, we ended up doing a complete lifestyle change, but I did it over time. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I wanted to make sure that it was a, a lifestyle change. I didn't want to do crash dieting where it would just end up failing after a week. Mm-hmm. So we did it slowly. We did it in pieces. My husband did it as well too. And a year after I was diagnosed, 
he ended up being diagnosed with type two as well. Oh, wow. I know. know, And it broke my heart. Um, but he is no longer diabetic. He's his A1C is like 4.7 or some crazy ass low shit journey together. I mean, literally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we completely, you know, cut out, um, sodas and cut out anything, you know, high sugars, um, started changing up our diets and our dinners and stuff like that. Um, ended up as a byproduct, ended up losing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to make myself healthy and get rid Improve of, you know, sugar then, yeah. right. Um, I still, because of the PCOS, I still have severe insulin resistance. So I'm still on, um, diabetic medicine, mm-hmm. um, for the, um, PCOS and the insulin resistance. I'm not on metformin. I'm on two other um, insulin uh, drugs or diabetic drugs. Um, but uh, that's just because the insulin resistance is, I, I have severe insulin it's, resistance. It's, yeah. Yeah. So. But we're fortunate that those meds are available that you yes. can take those and help, help manage that. So really at this point, um, you're, you're no longer in that diabetic range. Is that correct? Right. Well, it, it fluctuates, it ebbs and flows. Um, I have right now I'm in pre-diabetic range, unfortunately, or the last time I did my A1C, I was in pre-diabetic mm-hmm. range. I'm pretty sure that, um, with the last three months, um, so I have to get that done next month within the last three months. Um, I've done enough to get that back down um, because I've been working really hard um, to get it back down and, you know, tighten up the the diet. And (laughs) if you're not familiar with an A1C, this is just a lab level that shows like the average of what your blood sugars are over that past three month time frame. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times doctors use that to see whether or not you're in a diabetic or pre-diabetic range. Yeah. And women with uh, PCOS, the majority of us do struggle with insulin resistance, which just increases our risk of being there. So that's just something that, you know, if you're going to your doctor on a regular basis and, and if you have lab work done, um, you know, and they're not checking that, definitely ask for it. So you can see, because I'm sure you, you probably feel like, I wish I would have known more of this stuff before. Yes. Yeah. Well, another little, um, plug for my app is that all the tests that you should be taking, Mm -hmm. um, at least, um, biannually, uh, are in the app. So there's a, there's a section of tests to take. How nice of that. So that's amazing. Yeah. And that includes wow. the A1C is, is yeah. listed in there. So uh, Amazing. Seriously. So um, everybody's downloading that app right now, right? So go ahead and do that, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another thing I wanted uh, you to share, you were sharing so much and helping us out with all of this information, but I know you mentioned earlier that you do struggle with a bipolar disorder and yes. um, do you feel like that's connected to PCOS as well? Well, yes. I, I, I was originally diagnosed with, um, depression at 16 Mm -hmm. and then I was, uh, diagnosed with, um, bipolar just, uh, within the last year, bipolar two, I should say. Yeah. It is a recent, um, although I had had this, uh, suspicion for a couple years, um, to be quite honest. Um, Mm -hmm. but this last year has been, uh, increasingly difficult with, um, my mental health. 
Mm -hmm. So um, I've been seeing a psychologist and a psychiatrist and uh, they changed the diagnosis to bipolar too, which I'm glad to have the diagnosis. It's, this is the first time I'm really talking about it in public, mm-hmm. in any kind of public oh, real thank forum. You for, <laughs> thank you for um, doing that. Well, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a big stigma with the, with bipolar because it's, you know, de- depression and anxiety is talked about a lot. And the mm-hmm. stigma with those is, is falling away. Yeah. Um, it's getting but better. Bi- yeah. But, but bipolar isn't quite there yet. I wonder I why that is. Like, do we just feel like we're scared of it because we're ignorant to um, to the yeah, disorder? Just, Maybe I don't know. I think it's well for me. I think it's just that it's it's so much more severe. Yeah. Than yeah. Um, depression and uh, anxiety. Um, you know, and being diagnosed with it has you know having to come to terms with although I suspected it having to come mm-hmm. to terms with, yes, it's, it's official. It's true has been interesting. Yeah. I'm you sure know. it's been a process. It is, it is. Yeah. And you know, I'm on medication to help, which has helped with the manic episodes awesome. um, and recognizing when I go into a manic rep episode and um, a depressed depressive episode, um, being able to be self-aware mm-hmm. and see that it's happening has been very introspective. Oh yeah. And it's amazing sure. that you're learning to do that and have the capacity to do like, that's just amazing. Self-awareness is huge. Yeah. I, I have such an amazing therapist that is mm-hmm. helping me. Um, I, I cannot say enough that if you have the availability to have a therapist and you have these kind of behavioral health issues um, that you should be seeing and talking to someone. It helps. It has helped me so much. Um, And our health system is not the best, but if you have the availability to talk to someone, even the help hotlines, um, Mm -hmm. 741, you can text 741741. there, there's help out there. There is, there is. If you, on my Instagram, I actually have a story highlight on mental health and I have all of those hotlines. There's different ones for different reasons. Like they're all there. Um, Those are entirely free. So like you said, like if you don't have insurance or if you're on a budget um, and now we're actually able to get like help through, um, you know, apps, like they have online therapists that can, you know, yeah. you in your home, you don't have to go somewhere. And they're usually budgeted um, on a scale, depending on your income. And um, so thank you for, for sharing that, because it really is important that, um, that we are no longer afraid of it and kind of like help break that stigma. Right. Um, like you said, and bring that to the forefront, because a lot of people with PCOS, do suffer from, I don't know the statistics, maybe you know the numbers, but I just know it's a lot. Um, I don't have the numbers, but yeah. it's, it's the, it is, it's there is a, there's a, a significant correlation mm-hmm. between behavioral health and uh, PCOS because of the, the fluctuation in hormones mm-hmm. creates mood disorders. 
um, which is behavioral health, and that includes anxiety, depression, bipolar. There's um, all of those things are related. And our society, I feel like, doesn't, you know, as as I also suffer from mental health issues as well. And, you know, like you said, like it creates this mood disorder. And we live in a society where, you know, like there's this idea of like, oh, you're acting crazy. And it's like, <laughs> that doesn't help because like she's just she has no control over those hormone fluctuations and, and everything else and sometimes we may even feel ourselves like we're acting out or we're having these episodes and we just don't understand the connection there right you know and um, there's literally nothing that you can do about it yeah at the like time. it's out like, of out of your control exactly and yeah it's, um yeah Uh, I know it's a hard, hard topic. Um, but like the good news is there is help out there. Um, absolutely. And feeling that way, um, doesn't have to be your, your norm either. Like you can, you can definitely reach out if you need to. There's help and there's people, there's people like you that are opening up the conversation. So that isn't such a stigma on the more heavier topics and, I feel like the more we talk about something, the more comfortable we are with yeah. it. Um, just like, you know, PCOS, you know, a lot of times it's considered a, like a female reproductive syndrome. And for years, you know, women were not, you know, um, respected to talk about our female issues out in right. public. And like now we're in 2020 and we're like, fuck you. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> And now that I talk about it, look at what's happening. We're, we're seeing change and people are, are advocating more and they're advocating for themselves and they're standing up to their doctors and, and doing what their body needs because we've talked about it. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. So yeah, so we, we have to, that's the reason why Jenny and I don't shut up about it. <laughs> we talk about the vagina. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Gosh, lovely vagina. So uh, thank you so much for sharing like, you have some phenomenal stories and you know <laughs> so much. I mean, horrible doctors, cancer, diabetes. Um, like it's just unreal how awesome you are. You oh, really are. You really are. Um, so I'm so happy that our listeners got to to learn from your stories. And I do want to ask, so whenever I stepped into health coaching and um I created my business I uh I live free health coaching and I do get the question sometimes like why you know what does live free mean and for me that that's different for each person you know for me I like to even though I have PCOS like it doesn't consume me in my whole life like I can live freely with PCOS I can accomplish all these things like I was able to accomplish having kids even though I have PCOS and um, there's just all of these things that we can do regardless of our diagnosis and I kind of just want to know about you like what do you feel about yourself allows you to live free oh that's you did not prepare me for this I question. I didn't. I wanted it to be genuine. <laughs> yeah. Or just, um, I mean, you can even just share with us, like, what do you feel like just allowed you to accomplish something, even though it should have been a disadvantage or a setback, but you persevered? Um, honestly, I'm going to say my husband. Okay. Um, 
he is my unconditional support no matter what. That's so amazing. no matter what is going on, whether it's health related or crazy ideas like starting, like starting a documentary. documentary. <laughs> Who does that? We do that. Go check out PTLS movie. <laughs> um, but he truly does allow me to live free no matter what awesome. my project of the week is, whatever my passion is, he supports me He's and there. he, he makes it happen no matter what it is. So yeah, I love that. Not that I'm codependent on, on him or anything, no, but, but I mean, like you said, he helps you live free. Like, it's, yeah. you know, we, we're in this world. We don't have to be in it alone. We don't want to be in it alone. Yeah. I'm happy that you have him. Like that's, that, was, that was the first thing that came to mind anyway. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I wanted to hear. The genuine first thing that came to your mind. So, yeah. um, so thank you Brian. so much, uh, Judy. Real quick, um, before we close out, can you tell them, where, where can we find you? Where are you at? Okay. So on Instagram, I have two accounts that I have on Instagram. That's enchanted underscore Jenny, J-E-N-I underscore PCOS. So enchanted Jenny PCOS. And then I also have every PCOS body. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then you can find me on Facebook under the same names, every PCOS body and enchanted Jenny PCOS. And go download um, that app right now. It's available and yeah, on all the, platforms, like get it. <laughs> the, yeah. The app is available on at the app store and on Google play, just search for every PCOS body, all one word and you'll find it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. I'm so happy for you and good luck on your um, podcast. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to listen to it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Live Free Radio. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I want to hear from you. Do you have a story that you would like to share? Email me at Letitia at LiveFreeHealthCoaching.com or check the show notes to find out more about how you could be featured here on the podcast.